I'm going to take about 30 minutes to share the word with you. And I believe this will prepare our hearts to really begin to cry out with a contrite heart and a broken spirit that we, above all things in this we need God and we need His power. Chapter 2, if you can turn in your Bible with me, verses 1 to 4, the Bible says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. The word Pentecost in the Hebrew is the word Shavuot, and it means 50th. So after the Sabbath of the Passover, the first Sunday, counting 50 days from that, Pentecost is celebrated. So seven weeks, 50 days. And in this celebration in Israel, there would be a time when all Israel will be gathered before the Lord. It was a gathering of the Jews. Three times a year, they were to show themselves before the Lord, and Pentecost was one of those. Not only that, it was a holy day, H-O-L-Y, holy day. That means on this day, there would be no work. They would rest. They're not allowed to sweat on this day. And they are to be just waiting upon the Lord. The third thing that we see in the Bible, in Deuteronomy and in Leviticus, is that it was a day of celebration, a day of rejoicing, because it was a day to celebrate harvest. Harvest, the gathering in of the wheat and the barley and the new wine and the oil. And the fourth thing that we see in scriptures is that this was the anniversary where the Jews celebrated the giving of the Torah, the law, on Mount Sinai. The first Pentecost, after they came out of Egypt from the first Passover, when they were delivered because of the blood of the Lamb. And the first Pentecost, when God came on Mount Sinai. Now in Acts chapter 2, they are on another mountain called Mount Zion. But when God came on Mount Sinai, He gave them the law on two tablets of stone. So there is important truths between this Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. Because it parallels two covenants. Alright? Verse 2. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So on this day, the first Pentecost in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit comes. On Mount Sinai, God came as fire. They could see that fire. On the day of Pentecost in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit comes. And the tongue of fire is upon each of them. There is a rushing mighty wind. There, is, there was wind also in the first Pentecost on Mount Sinai. And they begin to speak in other tongues. In the first Pentecost in Mount Sinai, there was thunder and rumbling from heaven. And the Hebrew word says that it is actually tongues, language. It was almost as if God was speaking in a thunder to those people. So there are so many parallels that we find here. But here, the key word that stood out for me is the word suddenly. And I'm believing that you will experience suddenly, wherever you are, 
the touch of the Holy Spirit upon you. Even as you are watching this and listening, be expecting the suddenly of the Holy Spirit that will heal you, set you free, touch you, cause you to repent, cause your heart to turn towards the Lord. The suddenly of the Holy Spirit wants to be poured out. God wants to pour that out upon the church, upon you today and in the days to come. Hallelujah. So when we look at the first Pentecost here, Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 4, we see the parallel with the old. Now let's look at verse 5. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. So all the Jews from all the different nations have come to Jerusalem. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they all were amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. So there were Jews gathered from all over Europe, from Africa and also from Asia, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own language the wonderful works of God. See, all of these times we saw in the old about Pentecost is being fulfilled in the New Testament in Christ. So on this day, Acts chapter, Acts chapter 2, Jews from every nation are gathered before God in Jerusalem. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, the power of the Holy Spirit, because in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus says, you shall receive the power the dunamis of the Holy Spirit. So here, the supernatural dunamis of the Holy Spirit comes and fills the 120 disciples and they begin to speak in other tongues. Now this is the fulfillment of the Sabbath because the Bible says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. In other words, in the New Testament, God does not want us to serve Him by our own sweat, our own self-righteousness. God wants us to serve Him in the power of His grace. And that means the power of His Spirit. So in the New Testament, every day is a H-O-L-Y day, holy day. It is not just Sunday. Every day is now set apart. Because the Holy Spirit is in us and we have entered into the rest of eternal life. We now live before God, not by our own life, but by the life of the Spirit. The eternal life that we have in Christ. Now in verse 41, the Bible says that when Peter preached the gospel, there were 3,000 souls. Those who gladly received the words of Peter were baptized. And that day about 3,000, everyone say 3,000, were added to the 120 disciples. What is this? This is the harvest. The harvest. The precious fruit of the earth. They got born again. And there was rejoicing in heaven. There was rejoicing in Jerusalem because 
3,000 people were forgiven of their sins, entered into eternal life, and received the gift of salvation, their hearts must be overflowing with great joy. Hallelujah. And another type that we see fulfilled here is this. On Mount Sinai, the law was given by God on the tablets of stone. But that was not God's best. Because in Jeremiah 31 verse 33, God prophesied through Jeremiah that there will come a day in the future when He will put His laws in our heart and He will give us a new heart. So this was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2. And that's why in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10, the author says, that this is the new covenant that we have. Let me read it for you. The new covenant that we have already fulfilled in Acts chapter 2. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. On Mount Sinai, God put his laws on the stone. Because at that time, the hearts of men were stony. But when Jesus died on the cross, He made a way for the Spirit of God to come and give us a new heart, make us new creations. So Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit now comes into our hearts and God gives us His law in our hearts. The word Torah, it means teaching the law. It means teaching. Well, in the New Testament, God puts the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is the teacher. The teacher. Not only the teaching, but the teacher has come into our hearts. The one who teaches us the law is in our hearts. Hallelujah. So it's a greater covenant. Now the Holy Spirit is in us. And the gospel is preached to the Jews. Because the gospel was first supposed to be preached to the Jews in Jerusalem and then to the Gentiles and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, before this gathering in of souls, 3,000, what happened first? The Holy Spirit came on the 120 disciples. They were filled with the Spirit of God and they were rejoicing. And that's why the people thought they were drunk with new wine because there was so much joy, there was so much rejoicing in this 120. Not only that, they were speaking in other tongues as if they were drunk. Then Peter stands up and he says in verse 16, Acts chapter 2 verse 16, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last day, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. In other words, even though they were wondering, what was this? Peter is saying, this is not new wine. This is the Holy Spirit. This is what was promised in Joel chapter 2. So let's go to Joel because we will gain an appreciation of what the outpouring of the Holy Spirit means when we go to the reference the Holy Spirit gives us in Acts chapter 2. So let's go to Joel chapter 23. I'm sorry, Joel chapter 2 verse 23. Now the quote by Peter in Acts chapter 2 is from Joel chapter 2 verse 28. It shall come to pass afterwards 
that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. But to really understand, we have to see the scriptures before verse 28. So we'll begin from verse 23. Because there's a connection here between rain and harvest. And that's what I want you to see. There's a connection between the rain and the harvest. Be glad then, you children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for He has given you the former rain faithfully. And the word former here in the Hebrew means teacher of righteousness. So in Bible, rain also refers to the Holy Spirit being given, but it also refers here to the teacher of righteousness. And that's true because the Holy Spirit is the teacher of righteousness. He teaches us today in the new covenant that because of the blood of Jesus, we are righteous by faith. He convicts us of righteousness. Hallelujah. And He will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat. In other words, the harvest will be tremendous. And the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. The vats, the storehouses will overflow with new wine because it's a time for gathering and of harvest, making wine. The new grapes, uh, oil, olives that have been crushed, new oil for the new season. Verse 25, And I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts has eaten, the crawling locusts, the consuming locusts, and the chewing locusts. Locusts are coming to Nagaland, not Nagaland, in India. They are the chewing locusts, but I believe once they enter Nagaland, they will be chewed up by the people. Anyway, jokes apart, my great army which is sent among you, verse 26, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. All right. So when the Holy Spirit works, there's a restoration from shame back into honor. All right. So expect the touch of the Holy Spirit. Verse 27. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. The former rain and the latter rain. In Israel, the early rain usually comes in September. And this is important rain because it prepares the ground for the germination of the seed. And the farmer said that this rain is so important because without this rain, they cannot do the planting. So in Israel, the early rain is usually in September. The latter rain is usually from March 15th to 15th of May. And this rain was important because after this rain, the grain will mature, the barley will mature, it will ripen. And only after the latter rain, they would have the harvest. So after the latter rain, the Israelites celebrated Shavuot or Pentecost, the celebration of the harvest. And it was always after the latter rain. And for Israel, Pentecost was the most joyous time of the year, like December in Nagaland. Because it's a gathering in of the harvest. There's rejoicing, there's singing, they're going to the harvest, it's full, it's the, it's, you know, the, the fields are luxuriant with the heads of barley and heads of wheat, and they are the wheat, and they are grapes, and they're producing new wine, and they're producing and they're bringing it all into the storehouse. They're singing and 
the picture of the work of the Spirit. You see, a lot of Christians wonder, Lord, Pastor, why am I not experiencing this rejoicing? Why am I not experiencing this joy? You see, just open your heart to the Holy Spirit and you will experience. Hallelujah. So this agricultural picture is a symbol of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that will hasten the maturing of the precious harvest of the earth and that is called souls. Souls. Souls in India. Souls in China. Souls in the Middle East. Souls in Africa. Souls in America. Billions of people that the Lord wants in His kingdom, in His love. The latter rain is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you pictures of the latter rain or rain from the scriptures. Go to Hosea chapter 6 verse 3. Very quickly we'll look at a couple of scriptures. Let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He shall come to us like the rain, like the latter and former rain to the earth. If you are hungry to know more of God, if you're hungry to pursue God, and you want to know more of God, the Bible says, this is your answer. What is your answer? The latter rain, the Holy Spirit. A lot of Christians tell me, Pastor, I'm really hungry to know more about God, but I don't want all of that Holy Spirit nonsense. It's like you are saying, you know, I really want to do well in, in maths, but I don't want to have the tuition teacher teach me. I don't want the teacher to teach me maths, but I want to do well in maths. It's ridiculous. If you want to know God, you need the Holy Spirit. He is sent to help you to know God. He is sent to help you to love Christ, to obey Christ. Paul himself says, I cannot do what I'm doing without the Holy Spirit. The grace of God. Why? The grace of God and the Holy Spirit, they work together. The Holy Spirit is the agent of grace. Hallelujah. He will come to us like the rain. God will come to us like the rain. So how will God come to you today? God will come to you in the Holy Spirit. See, many people say, I want God. I don't want the Holy Spirit. No, you can't. If you want wet, you have to take water. You know, sometimes in wintertime, Naga people, Kohima people don't want to take bath. It's so cold. I want to be clean. I want to smell nice. But I don't want to go near water. So if you want to be taking a bath, you have to go near water. Hallelujah. Look at Proverbs chapter 16, verse 15. Proverbs 16, 15. The Bible says, The favor of God is as a cloud of the latter rain. So, when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is experienced individually as a church, as a family, as a nation, it is the favor of God. His favor is like a cloud of the latter rain. See, I have always experienced this. Before I get favor with preaching assignments, finances, relationships, I usually first experience the presence of God. And this is where a lot of people miss out. Because they first want breakthrough in business, then they want the favor of God. They first want breakthrough in their lives. And then after that, God, no. 
It is in the hidden place when the presence of the Holy Spirit as you are praying and you break through. The presence of the Holy Spirit fills you as you are worshiping and the presence of God touches you. It's the latter rain and you're experiencing the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Nobody sees you. You are in the prayer room by yourself. In the prayer house by yourself and you're praying and the Holy Spirit touches you. I tell you, in a few moments, in a few days, in a few weeks, you will see the manifestation of His favor outwardly. With a breakthrough in your business, with a breakthrough in your finances, with a breakthrough in your job. The external comes after the internal. It's always the kingdom inside first before the kingdom outside. Turn to Zechariah chapter 10 verse 1. The Bible says, ask for rain. Ask for rain in the time of the latter rain. The time of the latter rain is our time. The Bible says, ask. We need to ask. A lot of people say, no need to pray for revival. If God wants to give, He will give. No. He says, ask and you will have. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Many times we don't get because we don't ask. I pursued personally the filling of the Holy Spirit myself for over three months. If it was God's will, I could have said, He will give it to me. If He doesn't give it to me, it is not His will. And I will still not be filled today. But I pursued. The Bible says, pursue spiritual gifts. Pursue God. Seek God. Why? Because many times, the pursuing, the seeking, is a sign of a hunger, a faith, that we really mean it. So God wants you to seek. Alright? So the Lord... Zechariah 10 one says, will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. So flashing clouds, like sometimes it happens in Kohima during summertime. It's hot, 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 suddenly rain. That's what it means. You are going through a time, you're weary, you're dry, and you're just crying out, and bang, today, the Spirit of God can fill you. Amen. James chapter 5, verses 7 to 8. James chapter 5, verse 7 to 8. And here the Bible says that God is like a patient farmer. He's waiting for the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. The farmer, God is like the farmer, waiting for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. You also be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. What does it mean? It means that the outpouring of the Spirit, the latter rain, is connected to the coming of Christ. Before Christ comes, there will be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is for the purpose of the harvest. The harvest. Just as on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell and we see a glimpse there that on the Holy Spirit, on Peter, he stands and preaches. 3,000 people are gathered. That's a sign how in the last days, God wants to pour out His Spirit on the church. And when we are filled, our love, our example, the glory of God upon us, our preaching with signs and wonders, our passion, our zeal, our words that cannot be argued against will bring the harvest of millions and millions of people in the last days. And then the Lord will come. So if you want the Lord to come, you need to be praying for rain. 
for the harvest. It is selfish of Christians to only say, Lord, please take me quickly, quickly. What about the millions of people in Africa? What about the millions in China who do not yet know Jesus? Amen. To tell you the truth, I'm not ready to go to heaven. Why? Because there are millions that need to know Jesus. We must keep on preaching and preaching and preaching the truth. There are hundreds to be discipled that are to be released to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Let me show you in Joel chapter 3. Let's go back. The effects of rain. The effects of rain. Over me. Joel chapter 2. Look at the effects of rain. Verse 4. And the latter rain in the first month, the threshing flowers shall be full of wheat. What is that? Harvest. Harvest. Rain, harvest. In a spiritual sense, a harvest of souls. Every time there has been an outpouring of the Spirit in revival times, there has been a huge gathering of souls. In Nagaland, in the 50s and 60s, when there was a revival, there are stories about how entire villages gave up animism and came to the Lord. In Wales, in 1904, when there was a revival that was birthed, in a short amount of time, a hundred thousand souls came into the kingdom of God. Every revival has seen a gathering in of a harvest of souls. Souls. Revivals in Indonesia. The reformation in Europe. The remarkable feature that we see there is that hundreds and thousands gave their lives to the Lord, to Jesus because of the reign of the Holy Spirit. The second thing that we see, the effect of rain is this. The vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. So this is talking about the storehouses being full of new wine and oil. Well, new wine is the work of the Spirit. It's the wine and the Holy Spirit. Wine is the metaphor of the Holy Spirit. But the point here is this. New wine, rejoicing. Rejoicing joy. See, every time revival has come, even in my own life, when the Holy Spirit touches me, there's always a bubbling forth of joy. There's rejoicing. It's almost like you're intoxicated with the presence of God. The church is not dry anymore. It's like the wedding feast of the Lamb. It's almost like everyone in the church that has received the new one of the Spirit is more in love with Jesus. More in love with the bridegroom. Oil is used to burn. Every time there's revival, there is revelation of more truths. Truths. During the Reformation, when revival began to sweep over Europe, there was a restoration of the revelation of the truth of God's word. That we are justified by faith. That the scriptures are the final authority. And it is by faith that we walk. Revelation. Oil. You burn for light. Not only that oil, you burn for fire. That means when the rain of the Holy Spirit comes upon the church, there is zeal. There is passion for souls. When the revival came on Count Zinzendorf and his Moravian disciples, what happened? The 
the Holy Spirit was lit in their hearts and the oil was continually supplied, it led to a hundred-year prayer movement. Zeal for the Lord. Passion for God. They were burning for God. Not only that, it was the birth of the modern-day missionary movement where many Moravian missionaries began to spread all over the world to the West Indies, selling themselves as slaves to America, going there to preach the gospel. Why? Oil. In other words, the church shall be filled with new wine and oil. That means the church will be a rich church spiritually. It'll be a prosperous church. There will be zeal. There'll be fire. There'll be prayers. Hallelujah. There'll be passion. There'll be full of... And not only that, the physical prosperity will begin to come because every nation that has experienced revival has experienced prosperity physically. Nagaland is a good example. I'm not saying we are the best. I'm not saying we are like America. No, but we have prospered because of revival. The gospel that has come into our land. So every time revival comes, the reign of the Spirit, the outpouring of the Spirit, there is prosperity. Spiritual prosperity, wine and oil, and also the house of God is full. People give. I mean, there's nothing like generosity in hearts of people when they are touched by the Holy Spirit, I tell you. We have experienced, I've experienced over 20 years of ministry that when the Holy Spirit touches the hearts of the people and they are full of fire, they are better givers than when they are just dry. Than when they are just defeated, discouraged. The church should be full of the blessings of God, even financially, when the reign of the Holy Spirit fills the church. Hallelujah. Verse 25, I will restore to you the years I will restore. What is this? Restoration and refreshing. That means where there was once barrenness and dryness, there would be a restoration. We saw this in Nagaland in the 50s and 60s when there was barrenness and dryness, there was fear, there was death, there was sadness because of the army that had come and occupied the land. People were dying, villages were being burned, people were hungering, and they cried out to the Lord. And there the Lord sent the Holy Spirit. Because the rain is a promise of hope. Hallelujah. See, when we say we need to be refreshed, it doesn't mean you are backslidden. It doesn't mean we are being negative and judgmental towards you. You see, we all get dry. Not because we are sinning, but because we are living for Christ. We all get dry. We get weary serving God at times. We go through situations like the COVID, like, like death, like, like just fights among friends and brothers and tribes where our hearts begin to be discouraged. Our hearts begin to be uh, you know, depressed. And we just enter into times where we just need the reign of the Spirit. Like if the sun for the entire month of May shines on Kohima, Kohima gets dry, parched. People are just, you know, like dry meat. Suka mongso. But when the Holy Spirit, when the rain comes, it's almost like there is a restoration. There's life, refreshing. That's what the work of the Holy Spirit means. God wants to pour out His Spirit upon Nagaland today. Fear, fighting between this tribe and that tribe, this council and this council. 
my gosh, how many arrows have flown this week, man? Pshu, 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 pshu. Rejoinder, ultimatums, pshu. Everyone in Nagaland is walking around with arrows. Ayah, ayah, ayah. Especially the ministers. Pshu, pshu. So many arrows have flown last week in Nagaland. What does it mean? It means we just need to humble ourselves and ask for the Holy Spirit to restore us. And I tell you, when the Holy Spirit touches our hearts, love begins to flow. Forgiveness begins to flow. Hallelujah. Look at verse 26. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. So when the harvest comes, the hearts and the stomachs of people are full. So when the reign of the Holy Spirit comes, what happens? The church is filled with the proper teaching. Proper food in the church. Pastors are filled with the Spirit. They begin to teach the Word of God and the people are fed. That means the believers will eat true spiritual food and their hearts will be satisfied. Revivals have always led to restoration of truth. Reformation. Restoration of truth of justification by faith. It fed the hearts of the people. It brought revival all over Europe. Azusa Street Revival, 1906. The truth of the baptism of the Holy Spirit restored. Speaking in tongues restored. Gifts of the Holy Spirit restored. It fed and strengthened, edified, built up the body of Christ, sent forth another wave of missions all over the world. Hundreds and millions have been saved because of the Azusa Street Revival. 1940s, the truth of healing restored fed the body of Christ. In the 70s and 80s, the teachings of faith restored back to the body, fed the body, caused the body to be strong. In our times, the teaching of love, the good father, the grace of God, righteousness, the gifts of the spirit, the kingdom of God being restored in these days. Why? When the Holy Spirit falls on these churches, on these men of God, on this region, there's a restoration of truth that feeds and the believers will eat and they will be satisfied. They will be satisfied. Look at the next one, verse 27. Then you shall know, you shall know. I'm just teaching what the Holy Spirit gave me. I didn't take this from any preacher, not from any book. This is what the Holy Spirit showed me yesterday. Verse 27, Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. God is telling Joel, prophesying to him, that because I bless your harvest, and I bless your new wine, I bless your oil, and they're rejoicing, your heart will be filled with gratitude, and you will come and worship me, and then you will know me. That means even the harvest I bless will cause your relationship with me to be strong. The word know is the word yada. It means to know God, to go close to God. Because I bless you and your harvest is full, you will love me. You will give thanks to me and you will worship me. In other words, God is saying, when the rain of the Holy Spirit comes upon you and upon the church, it will have the same effect. People will know God because of the rain of the Spirit. I was with Reverend Lalun Longcha. I think it was 2010. We were preaching together in a revival meeting in Nsunyu in Rengma area. And we were staying in the same building. So I took the opportunity as much as I could to ask him questions about revival. Ask him to pray for me and my team. So I remember when he was sharing revival in the 1970s. And he was saying when revival came, it was...
The entire town where he was from, he says, was filled. The entire town was filled with an awareness of God. He says, everyone was only talking about God. They were only talking about the Holy Spirit. They were only talking about the works of God. This person got healed. This person got transformed. This person repented of his alcohol. The whole town was filled with an awareness of God. And he says, there were many people who would go back to shops and they would give back the goods that they stole. See, when the reign of the Holy Spirit comes, this is what happens. The people begin to know God. Their hearts grow closer to the Lord. And that's why today we need to pray for rain. The rain of the Spirit. Why? Because there is a restoration needed in Nagaland. There is a refreshing needed in Nagaland. Many believers may be weary and dry and barren. Because they have not experienced church properly for about two months. Many of our officers, ministers, doctors, policemen are weary and dry and just depressed because of the duty they have been doing without taking days off. Many people's hearts are filled with fear, anger because of the situation. There's a need for new wine and there's a need for oil in Nagaland, in the house of the Lord. There's a need for joy, rejoicing, zeal of the Holy Spirit. Then only we can gather in the harvest. Hallelujah. So, you see, many times people are dry. People are just, you know, weary. And that's one of the reasons why they react very quickly. Somebody writes something. Another person writes something. And it's because we are dry. It's because we are empty you immediately respond you see in winter time dry all over Nagaland the forest is dry the slightest spark it lights a fire why? because the forest is dry the twigs are dry the leaves are dry so when believers are dry you know people are dry leaders are dry councils are dry Everyone is dry, 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 dry. What happens? Somebody says something. A fire is lit. And in the end, it's not like it's his fault and their fault. We judge you, we judge you. No, it's everyone's fault. We just have to stop judging ourselves and just ask, Lord, rain on me. Because I tell you, try to go and start a fire in the, in the forests now. It's very tough. Why? The trees are all wet. The leaves are all wet. The grass is wet. The ground is wet. Why? It's been raining. So when believers are full of the Spirit, they are wet with the presence of the Lord, someone will come and tell you, oh, your tribe is like that. Oh, you are stupid. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's like, uh, nothing's going to happen to you because you are wet. Those words don't cause you to burn up like a matchstick. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do it. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, 
that God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency, all things may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 700 at PayTM. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.